0: podcast is sponsored by better help. Have you been struggling lately? Relationship issues impact every area of your life. When I found out about my husband's infidelity, I was so devastated. I could barely function. Sleeping was impossible because I couldn't shut off my brain. Eating was a challenge because I felt nauseous all the time. And for the first month or so, everything felt pointless. Whether you're having trouble sleeping, feeling hopeless, or just can't focus, BetterHelp is here to help you. BetterHelp offers licensed therapists who are trained to listen and help. You can talk to your therapist in a private online environment at your convenience. There's a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's 20,000 plus therapist network that gives you access to help that might not be available in your area. Just fill out a questionnaire to help assess your specific needs, and then you'll be matched with a therapist in under 24 hours. Then you can schedule secure video and phone sessions. Plus, you can exchange unlimited messages, and everything you share is completely confidential. I know that confidentiality was important for me, especially early on when I couldn't even get my own mind wrapped around what was happening. And it was so comforting to be able to speak with someone candidly about everything I was going through to validate that what I was feeling and experiencing was completely normal. You can request a new therapist at no additional charge anytime. Join the 2 million plus people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced help. Therapist. Special offer to flaunt. Create a life you love after. Infidelity and betrayal listeners. You get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash better help, flaunt. That's betterhelp.com slash flaunt f l a u N T. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this podcast. Hello and welcome to Flaunt. Find your sparkle and create a life you love after infidelity or betrayal. I'm Laura Cheadle and today we are going to take a deep dive into how to create, how to manifest the exact kind of life that you want and that you deserve after going through infidelity or betrayal. Now, what I want to say is manifesting, law of attraction, New Year's resolutions, whatever you want to call it, they those are something that most people hear about and that most people think, yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm going to set a New Year's resolution and it's going to be great. And then within, I think the average time is like, 65 days or something like that. It's really sad. Most people are right back into their same default behavior. And let me tell you, that was true for me too. For years, and years and years and years, I would have these big ideas. I would get really excited about things that I wanted to create or things that I wanted to do. I'm going to clean out my whole house. I'm going to Marie Kondo my house. I'm going to learn how to cook and it's going to be healthy I'm going to start working out every single day. I mean, you name it. I'm going to read books every day. All of these different things. We have these big ideas and we write them down and we fully mean it in the moment. But after not too long, life gets in the way. And we get busy and we get distracted and we default right back into our exact same behavior. And what I want you to know is, one, that's normal. Everybody does that. But two, it doesn't have to be that way. And it's not that hard to do things differently. And then number three, after facing infidelity, after going through a betrayal, I think that is absolutely the best time to start manifesting and creating. I think that's one of those... um, unacknowledged gifts of infidelity and betrayal because what it does, what infidelity and betrayal do is they shatter your life. They shatter your freaking soul. When your life is in a shambles all around you, like literally the person that you love the most has betrayed you and your whole life is not what you thought and your whole relationship was not what you thought and your past was not what you thought, and your future is not what you anticipated. I mean, the whole thing, it's, it's soul-shattering. And that, while it's horrific, is also the best time to create. Because everything has been broken. And otherwise, it would have been up to you to break everything down. To rebuild it back up. And let me tell you, that's hard. Intentionally breaking things down, even if you know that's the best way to build it up, is really, really hard. So that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about how to take control of the narrative. We're going to talk about how To create the exact kind of life that you will want and that you deserve going forward. And we're gonna talk about it in a very deep and connected way. We're going to use spiritual principles, yes, but come on, I'm also a corporate attorney. I'm also very linear and logical. So while we are going to use a bunch of these spiritual principles, we're also going to use a lot of very practical techniques. Because, in my experience, both personally and with the women that I've coached, this is the absolute best way to do it is to combine both of those. Now, manifesting, taking control of their narrative, creating the next chapter of your life your way, it's not that it's hard, but it does take focus, it does take dedication. And it does take the ability to make decisions. And if you're anything like me, making decisions after infidelity was kind of hard. Because I was stuck in this place of, I just wish this wouldn't have happened. I wish, I wish I could just go back to not knowing. I wish I could just go back. I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish. And I found it really challenging sometimes to make decisions because I hadn't quite accepted that this had happened in my life. I hadn't quite accepted that this is where I was at. And what I want to say to you, if you feel that way too, is not to pressure yourself to make a decision. Instead of standing in that place of, oh my God, this is a big decision. Do I stay? Do I go? Do I sell the house? Do I keep the house? Whatever that big decision is. Do I go back to work here? Do I go back to work there? Instead of pressuring yourself to make a decision, I ask you to just stop. And instead of thinking of it as making a decision, I want you to think about it in terms of getting curious. Hm. What would happen if I got divorced? What would happen if I stayed? What would happen if I stayed and it didn't work out? What would happen if I stayed and it did work out? I just want you to be gently in that state of curiosity. And as you're manifesting, make some decisions out of curiosity. Just to play the game, just to move yourself forward. But know that whatever you decide is nothing more than a decision that can be changed at any point in time. And to just set yourself free from the idea that something is right or wrong, good or bad, should or should not. And just be curious that these are paths. They're branches on a tree. And they're all going to lead somewhere. And in this place of manifesting, I just seriously want you to just flow with it. Make some decisions because it's part of the exercise. Get curious about what would happen and know that at any point in time, if you need to change your mind, you can. And you should. And it doesn't mean that you made a wrong decision at all. It means that you just got curious about a path. Now, over the next several weeks, we're going to really take a deep dive into all of this. So don't worry, I've got you. I have totally got you. I'm going to walk you through this journey completely. You will know exactly what to do You will have the chance to change your mind. And many of these decisions that you make, you're just making them in your head and in your heart. You don't have to even tell anybody at this point. Just play the game. Lean into it. Because it is meant to be fun. You are creating the narrative. I've got two kids. And they are both ones in grad school and one's in law school. And they both had some papers due. And they would send me, you know, their papers, because I'd be like, I'm so excited. I want to see them. And my youngest said, you know, it's really hard to write the first draft, but I really enjoy editing. And it's so nice for me to be able to get that first draft out, to email it to you, For you to give me some feedback, like this was so cool. I didn't know this, blah, blah, blah. For me to have some time away and then to sit back down and edit my own work. He's like, I see things so much more clearly that way. And it was funny because I feel that way too. And even though I had never put it into words, when I was writing my book, that's how I felt. I would just vomit this stuff onto the page. And it would feel twisted and convoluted. And sometimes I would start getting into it and I would be cutting and pasting and moving paragraphs and deleting and adding. And then sometimes I would think, holy crapalooski, I've rewritten the same concept in 12 different ways. And now I have like 12 different paragraphs and I don't know which one is the best paragraph. And all I've done is spent the last two hours writing one concept 12 ways. And that doesn't make sense. And same thing, I did a much better job when I could put it down, come back to it, and edit it. And that's what I want you to think about when we talk about manifesting. When we talk about taking control of the narrative and creating the next chapter of your life. This is a first draft. This is why we're doing this all January long. This is the first draft of you rewriting the narrative. This is the first draft of you creating what you want your 2023 to be. And more specifically, who you want to be in 2023. You have got a month, a little over a month actually, to write and edit. And to do a second draft and a third draft and a fourth and a fifth and a sixth draft. You have got so much time before you get to your final draft. And that's the energy that I want you to go in. I want you to go in with the energy of, yeah, it's the first draft. I'll keep, I'll keep refining. Hmm, this works out better than I thought. Woo! I'm really brilliant here. Oh, heck, this is not what I intended. Erase, delete. Rewrite. And like I said, we're going to have several weeks of this. So you're going to get really good at it. And here's the bonus. Here's the bonus that I want to share with you right now. The week, weekend of February, is it 11th, 12th? It's right around Valentine's Day. It's Super Bowl, the Super Bowl weekend, I think. February 11th is the Saturday, and February 12th is the Sunday. I am bringing my Fall in Love with You retreat back in person. This is going to be the first time after COVID that we are back together. And I am so excited for this year's retreat, first, because it's the first time we're going to all be back together after COVID, but also because I have partnered with this incredible photographer. She, she is really able to capture the essence of your soul in photos. And before the photo shoots, what she does is she has you come up with a word or a couple of words that you want to embody. And then as you're doing the photos and you are embodying that word, you know, power, grace, beauty, playfulness, whatever it is, That's the essence that comes out in these photos. And her specialty is a lot of black and white stuff. She does have things in color too, but uh, her black and white work is exquisite because it's more of a photograph of the energy as opposed to like the vibrancy of the colors. And you can just really see your soul come through. And I've partnered with her and she's giving everybody a free photo shoot. Her photo shoots are usually, um, it's almost, I can't remember exactly what it is, but it's around $500. And she is giving everybody a free photo shoot and then a free um, digital image. And of course, if you want more photos, you can absolutely do that. But what we're going to do is we're going to get together on that Saturday. All of the work that you're going to do over the next four weeks here is a primer for that. We're going to get together on that Saturday. We're going to work on really releasing the past. And then I am big on embodiment. Embodiment for me is really the unification of the head and the heart. I mean, come on, I'm a lawyer. I my head is important. Thinking is important. Planning is important. I like I like logic. But also I am deeply spiritual and I use spiritual principles to live my life. And to me, that's what embodiment is about. It's using the body, which is the vessel for our heart, the vessel for our soul, the vessel for our mind. And I reconnect you to your body so you can fall, like it, like the title of the retreat, fall back in love with who you are. So you can embody. All facets of who you are, your gifts, your vulnerabilities, your pain. You can embrace everything and get really comfortable being you. And then once you get really comfortable being you, then we work on emanating. We work on the frequency that we are pushing through our body. We work on magnetism. We go deep and we embody how we want to feel, how we want to show up. We can embody grace. We can embody peace. And it's such a powerful experience because so often we have this idea in our head like, I want to be this woman. I want to be beautiful and powerful. I want to be compassionate. I want to be loving. I want to be vibrant. I want to be filled with joy. I want, I want, I want. But then in our hearts, we're like, I don't feel that. That's not me. I'm not good enough. Oh my God, he did this to me. I'm a victim, blah, 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 blah. Well, you can't receive what you can't be. And through sacred movement, through sacred dance, Through connection with your soul sisters, we literally spend a whole day learning how to be and learning how to be how we want to be. We combine the wisdom of the chakras. We use ancient practices. We use some yoga. We use somatic attachment theory. We use even sexy dance. We use the concept of burlesque and flirtiness. And you learn how to embody yourself as you want to be. What we're doing and what I say is don't just create a vision board. Oh my God, how many times have you created a vision board? And great, it's really powerful in the moment, but it doesn't carry you through. Don't just create a vision board, become a vision board. And this workshop is about that. It's about becoming a living vision board. So every day you get up and you be your vision board. You are your vision board. And that's what we do all day on Saturday. And then on Sunday, you get some hot seat one-on-one coaching with me and the photographer We'll give you your photo shoot. So we'll flow in and out with some coaching, with your photo shoot. And it is just an incredibly powerful experience because you will walk away with that picture of yourself as the living vision board of how you want to be. So if you're interested in that, you can reach out to me. Um, I've got an information page up. It's not available for purchase quite yet. It will be in early January. But right now go to life hyphen l i f e dash or hyphen choreographer. Right now go to life hyphen choreography.com. And I know that's a lot. It's life l i f e Then it's a dash or a hyphen. Choreography. And how you spell choreography is core. C-O-R-E-O-Graph. G-R-A-P-H-Y. So life-choreography.com. Go to lifechoreography.com put in your name. There's no commitment. There's no obligation. It's just so you will be on my list. So you will be the first to know when that retreat is available. And what's really cool about that is if you register with a friend, you each get $100 off your registration. It's normally $497 each, and that includes everything, including your $500 worth of photo credit for $100 off, which makes it 397. For the entire freaking weekend, plus the photo shoot, plus your digital image. So, it's an amazing deal, and I'm doing it at that low of a price because I'm so excited to bring it back in person after COVID. So, with all of that, let's start talking about this whole manifestation process. Let's start talking about what it takes to become a living vision board. The first thing I want to start with is by talking about the number one mistake that people make when they want to manifest their future, when they want to create a life of their dreams. And the number one mistake that people make is they don't begin by letting go. The number one mistake people make is they write out this wish list to the universe. They think about all of the things that they want. And then they just dive into getting what they want. But the thing is, you have to create space. You can't bring in something new without clearing out the old first. Here's one of the exercises that I do in my retreat that I do with my personal clients. And I want you to do it with me right here, right now. What I want you to do is sit up tall. (sighs) I want you to take in a big breath. And then I want you to exhale as long and as hard as you can. I want you to let all the air out of your lungs. And I want you to hold it for as long as is comfortable. But I do want you to feel a little bit of that stress and strain. And then I just want you to let go and relax. So exhale it all out, hold it, and then just relax and see what happens. So let's do it together. Inhale. Now exhale it all out and hold. And just relax and see what happens. Did you feel kind of that snap of inhalation? Try it again. Exhale, hold, keep holding, holding, holding. And then when you're ready, just open your throat and relax. You inhale, not like a (gasps) inhalation, but the exact perfect amount of air comes into your lungs. Nature abhors a vacuum, and this exercise shows that principle. This exercise demonstrates how nature abhors a vacuum. We cannot, a vacuum cannot exist. There cannot be negative space. We cannot have negative space. If there is something empty, something rushes in to fill it. You cannot have empty space. And that's the exact same principle with your life, with your future. You can't have empty space. And the best way to bring in the future that you want is to get rid of the old. And that's why infidelity and betrayal can be such a huge gift. Because it does shatter your life. It shatters your heart. It shatters Everything. And it creates, you got it, a vacuum. And instead of standing there in the middle of your empty, broken life, looking at all those pieces, desperately trying to put them back how they used to be, recognize, huh, this is a good place to let go from. A lot has already been destroyed. I can just sweep out the rest, create a vacuum, and then the life that I deserve is going to come rushing in. You don't have to do stuff. You don't have to create stuff. You don't have to figure out all of the next steps. You just have to be. You just have to be exactly how you want to be. Become the living vision board, but begin by releasing. Begin by letting go. So let's talk a little bit about this concept. Because what I hear you thinking is, okay, I I get that. I get the little lung thing. That's great. I get nature abhors a vacuum. Yes, I know that. But I just can't stand in this place of pain forever. And I don't know what to create. And I'm so desperate to feel better and to get out of this heartache. And here's what I want to say to respond to that. Oh my gosh, yes. I feel you. And when you're going forward, when you're making decisions for the next chapter of your life, I don't want you to worry too much about that. I want you to dream about that, but I don't want you to worry about that. Because manifesting is a process. It's not just a one-time deal that on Thursday at 2 I'm going to manifest. That's why I'm doing several shows on this and then having a retreat that culminates the process. If you don't know what you want, you're not alone. How could any of us know what we want? Because none of us were anticipating this infidelity. None of us were anticipating this bombshell. So no, it's not going to be D-Day was on Thursday and on Friday I figured out my life and on Saturday I started embodying it. No, 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 no. This is the process and our world has us locked into a fear of making mistakes. We have this belief that we have to make decisions and that they have to be the right decisions and that we have to move forward logically and linearly. Is linearly even a word? (laughs) I don't know. Make decisions from a place of curiosity and then lean into it and see what happens. And then if it doesn't turn out the way that you thought it would, or if you start going on that path and you think, this is not what I want, just switch. Curiosity. Just a state of curiosity. This is creative and this is playful. And I know that you might not be feeling playful or creative at all because you're in trauma. But creating and playing are two things that will get you out of a state of trauma. They will calm and re-regulate your nervous system. So you can actually start thinking better. So if you're thinking, I've got to figure this out. There's no time for play. There's no time for creativity. Laura, I've got to figure this out. Let me tell you, you're not going to be able to figure it out. Unless you are in a little bit of a state of playfulness and creativity. The play and the creativity comes first. Because they calm and regulate the nervous system. And then you can get into your brilliant, beautiful brain and start figuring things out. But you need both and it starts here. So the number one mistake that people make is not releasing and letting go first. You have been given the gift of having your life pulled out from under you. You have been given the gift, and I know it doesn't feel like a gift, of having everything shattered and destroyed. So now here you are, standing in the rubble, wondering what's next. When you take control of the narrative, It means just making one decision, taking one step in one direction. So if you're in a safe place right now where you can close your eyes, I want you to close your eyes and imagine, visualize or pretend that you are standing in the middle of rubble. Literally, you are standing in the middle of rubble and you can see that rubble all around you. And there's probably smoke, (laughs) ashes all around. And it's bleak and it's gray. And it's painful. And because there's so much rubble and there's so much ash and there's so much smoke and there's so much gray, it's hard to see what's around you. The first decision that you make is what you are going to look for. What are you gonna look for? Are you gonna look for... a mountain? Are you gonna look for a helper? Are you going to look for peace? So, what are you gonna look for? Are you gonna look for peace? Are you gonna look for victory? What are you going to look for? What do you want to see? And don't overthink this. This is the first step in the process. Don't overthink this. What are you going to look for? For me, I knew I didn't want to be broken. And so many people say that to me. I don't want to be broken. And it's like, okay, that's great. But that's a negative. That is that vacuum. So you're looking for something, a negative space there. I don't want to be broken. But what do you want? And that's hard. And I thought, I want to be successful. I want to successfully get through this. I want grace. I want to be victorious. I want to be strong. I want to be happy. I want to be myself. And then again, what is myself? What does it mean to be myself? And I hope some of these questions are a little challenging for you to answer because they are. What does it mean to be you? You know, everybody says, I want to take my life back again. Great. What was your life? what are you taking back? And I think about some of the things in my old life and I'd be like, well, I actually don't really want to take that back because I was kind of a people pleaser and I did have some weak boundaries and I really put everybody else before me and I don't want to do that again. What it really meant for me to take myself back was to take myself back as I dreamt that I would be. Really fair. Really in control of my emotions. Really wise. So that's what I want you to spend the next week. Just pondering. Make some decisions in your head. You don't have to tell anybody, but just kind of make some decisions about like, who do I want to be? How do I want to be? What does it mean to take myself back? What is the narrative that I want? Here's a little description of narrative. in case you're thinking, well, I hear I hear that word, but I'm not ex- exactly sure what you mean. The narrative is how you want to spin the story. And not all spin, is bad. You know, we're used to hearing people say, oh, that's got such a different spin on it. But the spin is just, what kind of a story is this? Is this a tragedy that has a horrible end for everybody? And it's a tragedy. If you want your life to be a tragedy, oh boy, it sure can be. And that's the spin that you put on it. And we all know those kinds of people where everything that happens in their life is a tragedy. Everything that happens in their life is unfair. Everything that happens in their life is woe is me. If that's the kind of life that you want and the story you want, you can get it. That's your job and your choice. Some people's lives are like a comedy. And even horrible stuff that happens, it's still hysterical. And same thing, that's your choice. Do you want this to become a comedy? Do you want it to be a drama? What do you want this story to be? It happened to you. You are the victim of this. This was done to you. Make no mistake. You did not cause this. You are not to blame. You were victimized by somebody who made horrific choices. So what are you going to do with it? Is it going to be drama? Is it going to be a tragedy? What is the narrative that you want to create? Is this going to ruin you and turn you into a bitter man-hater? That's a narrative. You can choose it. Is this going to be the thing that launches you, that sets you free, that gives you the power and the strength to finally do all of the things that you wanted to do, but you never had the strength or the time or the dedication to do it? Because that was the narrative I chose. I thought, I am so sick of living my life around everybody else's schedule. I am so sick of always being the one to be responsible and to say no and to back off and to not get what I want and to settle for less and strive for more. So in taking myself back, I consciously decided I am not going to settle for less and I am not going to spend my life always striving for more in order to prove my worth. And that's what I mean by taking the narrative. What do you want to get from this? And it might feel a little bit selfish, but that's what I want for you. I want you to step into that. What do you want to create? What do you want to create? What does it mean to take yourself back? Who do you want to be? Who do you want to be? Who do you want to be in 2023? Exhale. Keep creating that vacuum. And then just relax. And let yourself come rushing back in. Let yourself come rushing back in. Now even though this is just one question. This is a question that we can spend the rest of our lives answering if we want to. And changing. I change my mind often and that's okay. I think of it more as refining. I told you the narrative that I want to have, the narrative that I will have is one of success and one of power. And not power over, but power within. I'm going to be more myself, which is being true to me. And I refine. Sometimes I think that means more business oriented. Sometimes I think it means more relationship oriented. Sometimes I think it means, it evolves. It changes. And I don't get hung up on decisions the way that I used to. I used to think, oh my gosh, I have to decide. And I have to stick with it. And then I have to be ashamed if I made the wrong decision. Oh my gosh, there is no right. There is no wrong. They're just decisions. And let me tell you another funny story. A few weeks ago, um, well, we're in the process of repainting our whole house. Our house is 30 years old and yeah, we've repainted, but it's been like 20 years since we've repainted and oh my gosh, we still have the contractor tile and some of the bathrooms and we're just really doing a whole house um, makeover, just piece at a time. Well, we went to the paint store and I picked this great color for the kitchen and we painted it. And I was like, that's not quite right. And I don't know if you've painted a kitchen before, but the space under the counters, there's space on top of the cupboards. I mean, there was all this masking, all of this detail work. And it was like, I don't like it. (sighs) So we went back to the paint store and I got a different color. And I thought, okay, at first we just painted it white because I thought everything is just white and pretty and everything will pop. Well, the cabinets were kind of cream. So this time I'm like, my mistake was it was too white. I want to do it cream. I want to do it the same color as the cabinets. This is going to be gorgeous. And we repainted it a second time. We remasked it all. We taped, we prepped, we did all the detail work and we painted it cream. And I was like, this is it, it's so beautiful. And then the paint dried. And I was like, oh, God, I hate to say it, but it's wrong. It's too monochromatic. It just blends them with the cupboards and it doesn't even look good at all. And it makes, oh, I just hated it. And yes, we went back to the paint store. And this time I went with the same gray that I was using in the family room. And this time it looks phenomenal. And were there moments of frustration? Um, Yeah. Were there moments where my husband was like, are you freaking kidding me? And I'd be like, I'm really embarrassed. But I also knew